Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're going through a series called Family Life. And today, the message today is one that uh, doesn't just come from the scripture, it comes a lot from my heart. Because today I'm going to ask this question to you, and the question is, is what does every kid need from their parent? What does every kid need from their parent? Now, just to give you a little background about my own history, I've worked with students and teenagers for over 25 years. I've dealt with a lot of things. I've worked with teenagers that were, uh, that were good, godly teenagers, and I've worked with teenagers that were sex offenders and alcoholics and and uh, drug users, and on and on and on and on and on, in counseling and every other aspect. My wife Wendy's done the same thing, and so I have a real passion for today's message. And so uh, I want to give you that caveat going, going forward. What is it that every kid needs from their parents? Now, the question is, is who's this message for? Well, obviously it's for mom and dad. It's for mom and dad, but it's not just for mom and dad. It's, it's not just for mom and dad. It's for grandma and granddad too, okay? It really is. And here, here's, the other, here's the other person it's for, and I don't know if you're one of these, but for some people, I'm a replacement. Uh, I don't know if you're a replacement or not, but for some people, I'm a replacement. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means this. It means that there's someone in my life who I kind of act as a dad for. Are you with me? I like to say Uncle Barry. Hey, Uncle Barry's here. He's going to say this, or Uncle Barry says that, or hey, let Uncle Barry do this or do that. And you may be a replacement too. So the message is truly for everyone. Maybe if you're here and you're young, I want you to listen and perk up because you're going to need to know these things when you get older. The question is, though, is what does every kid need from their parents? Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, starting in verse 6. It says this. It says, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly. Commit yourself, uh, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. And I'll, I'll go on and say, it says, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Uh, write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates is what it says. So what commands are they? Well, it's the command of the scriptures. That's what he's talking about. It's the Bible. Know these commands. The one in particular they were talking about here was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is, is one God alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. That's what he was talking about in this particular text. But I want to tell you, it's the Bible itself. Now, I want to be honest with you and tell you where this message came from. Be very transparent with you and tell you. Um, we are living in a world today where kids run the show. We are. And is it any wonder that the world, as my dad used to say, has gone to hell in a handbasket? We're living in a world today where, and we've had it happen at this school. We, I know my wife's had it happen at her school. We're living in a world today where the kid is always right and the teacher or the authority figure is always wrong. And for some reason, because of parents' inadequacy, for their lack of wanting to step up, they want everyone else to raise their children. But I want you to know something. Your children and your grandchildren were not given to you for someone else to raise. Your children and your grandchildren were given to you 
for you to raise, for you to be part of their life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that specifically he knew us and formed us in the womb. And I believe that exactly who your child was supposed to be, God ordained. And he ordained those kids specifically for you. He ordained them specifically for you. And so when you don't do your role or when parents don't do their role, what ends up happening is, is someone else tries to raise your kid. Someone else tries to undo the lack of discipline at your home. And that's what happens. But I want to tell you something. Your kids need you more than they need a teacher. They need you more than they need a counselor. They need you to step up into your role as a mom and dad and lead the family. And that's what they're looking for. You know how I know that? Because that's exactly what I needed when I grew up. Oh, I remember my, my fifth grade teacher, Miss Hooper. If she's watching, she couldn't stand me. Miss Hooper, I'm a preacher now. Can you believe it? I put many gray hairs on Miss Hooper, all right? But the truth of the matter is, is that I remember Miss Hooper. I don't have a relationship with Miss Hooper anymore. I do have a relationship with my mom. And if my dad was still here, I'd have a relationship with him. So what is it that kids need more than anything in the world? Well, the first thing I want to tell you is kids need to see, parents, your walk and your, they need to see your, your word and your action as it relates to your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. They need to see your walk with Jesus, not only in word, but they need to see it in action. Proverbs 3 says this, starting in verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the way in which to take. That's what it says. It basically, it says, seek what God's will is, and God will show you the way you need to go. But here's the truth of the matter. A lot of kids do not watch. Their, they hear their mom and dad telling them about God. They hear their mom and dad attending maybe a church. They see it. But here's the caveat. They don't see it when it gets home. They don't see that. They don't see their mom and dad trusting what God has to say. Your kids need to see your walk and your talk. You have to show your kids what's important. You have to show your kids what, what is important. We, Wendy and I, decided long ago that we would be very transparent about God coming first. Nothing came before God. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you as we sit here today that my kids know they've seen our budget? You may say, wow. Why would you do that? Can I tell you why I did that? Can I tell you why my kid knows our budget? Because my kid knows that at the first of every month, God comes first. That tithe and offering is coming first. It's coming before carrots and, and, and these days bananas and protein powders. And it's coming before steaks and it's coming before mortgage payments. It's coming before it all. I always wanted my kids to know that God comes first. First fruits. First fruits. 
number one. And I didn't want to keep that a secret from them. So from a very early age, we told them that. We let them know this is what we do as a family. Your feet and your actions show where your heart lies. Why? Let me tell you why. Here's why. Because wherever your priorities lie, that shows where your heart lies. I want to say that again. Wherever your priorities lie, that shows where your heart lies. And your kid is not listening to your words. They're listening to your priorities. They're watching to see what you put first. And they're watching to see how important it is to you. And then they are feeding off that. They're not feeding off the words that you tell them. So it's not enough for you to tell your kids to say, put God first. You have to show them an example of how to put God first. I want to tell you something really interesting. I thought this was really kind of cool. And I'm going to brag on some of you parents here today. About, about two and a half to three years ago, I was talking to Lynn. Now, I want to tell you guys this. I have no idea who gives what in this church, and I don't want to know. I have no idea who gives what, and I don't want to know. Because everyone here is equal to me. I should care less. I should care less. God will take care of us. Even if you give or not, God's going to take care of us. But Lynn came to me and he said, hey, I want to tell you something really cool. I said, what's that? He said, we've got kids. We've got kids that are off at college. They're off at, at Auburn and, and, and Georgia and Georgia Tech. And we got kids that are off at all these West Georgia and Georgia Southern. We got kids that are off at all these colleges. And every week or two, I keep getting these $25, $28, $31 donations from these kids who have gone off to college and have gotten a job and they're still honoring God with their first fruits. Why did they do that? Can I tell you why they did that? They did that because they saw you as a parent do that. That's why they did it. That's why they did it. They saw you as a parent do it. I'm going to discuss something right now that's probably not going to be popular. It's not. As a matter of fact, I know it's not popular. I know it's not popular. As a matter of fact, if I'm going to be completely transparent with you, I've spoken about this once before, and we had a family that left because I said it. But here's the truth. The truth is the truth. I can't sugarcoat the truth. But we have a generation of kids that are run ragged. They're run ragged. We have a generation of mom and dads that are running ragged, and we have a generation of kids that are run ragged. Ask your teachers, they'll tell you. They go from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing. Can I tell you something? We told our kids early on, you can't do anything, you can't do everything, but you can do something. But you can't do everything. And our kids are running ragged. Do you know, do you know what one of the biggest threats to your kids are and the church is today? Do you know what one of the biggest threats is? No, it's not rock and roll music and it's not dirty movies. You know what it is? You see, the enemy, that'd be too obvious for the enemy, right? You know what it is? It's every Saturday and Sunday you guys loading up in a car and you go into some travel baseball game. 
It's every Saturday and Sunday you loading up in a car and you going to some travel cheerleading competition. It's every Saturday and Sunday you going, loading up in a car and going to this competition or that competition or this competition or that competition. And listen, we all want our kids to do well. Don't hear me wrong when I say this. I love sports. As a matter of fact, I will go out, I'm looking around here, and I'll go out on a limb and say, I love sports better than anyone in this room. If you cut me up here, I bleed orange. I do. Tennessee orange. I've been cut a lot lately about Tennessee. But anyway, let's not go there. I bleed orange. I do. And I love them. And I'm going to be transparent with you about this. Even though they stink, I'd like to have season tickets. It's only three and a half hours away. I can drive up there. But here's the reality. They're on TV usually at 7 o'clock at night, and I can't get back to church in time. I can't. So I don't go. Now, if they play at 3 or 1230, I'll go. But I don't, I don't go when it's that late at night. Why is that? Well, because, one, it's my job, but two, it's a priority for me. It's a priority for me. I love sports. I'm not saying your kids don't need to be in sports. I'm not saying your kids don't need to, uh, don't need to, to, to play some kind of ball. I'm not saying that at all. Here's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying that you can't, you can't want us here at the church to disciple your kids and to help you build them up into strong followers of Jesus Christ if you're sitting in a ball field every Sunday morning. I can't do it. It's impossible. If you do that, I hope the coach or whatever is a strong believer and does discipleship stuff with you because I can't do it because we can't build a relationship with your kids. Now, here's the truth of the matter. Why are you doing that? Why am I doing that? Well, we all want our kids to succeed. And when our kids find something that they have a passion for, they succeed. That's great. Listen, my son's an incredible guitar player. He was up here a while ago. Don't tell him that. He's already got a big head about it, so don't tell him. But he's a great guitar player. My son's been asked several times to go play at other churches on Sunday morning to get paid to play. The answer is no. The answer is no. Why? Because it's important he's here with his family in worship. Am I saying that, that, you know, that, that you can't participate or you can't celebrate your kids' sports? No, I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not necessarily even saying travel ball is the evil thing. But I can tell you this. When you go and you have le- lessons, practices, listen, can I tell you something? All of those things, all of those things, all of those things take precedence over church attendance, and over coming to a student ministry. You know how I know that? Because for 15 years I've watched it happen. It's always been amazing to me that a parent, if a coach of a baseball team says you got practice at 6.30 on a Wednesday night, there's not even a discussion about whether the kid's going to go. I don't know why that is. I don't understand that. I had a kid one time, this is a true story. It's funny because I talked to her grandmother on Friday. I had a kid one time, and she was the sweetest kid, and she was part of our youth worship team. And she wanted, she wanted to be on our youth worship team. And she was such a sweet kid, but she played basketball. And she played basketball at Noonan High School. And she was good at basketball at Noonan High School. And she went to the coach, and she said, Coach, I know we have practices on Wednesdays here, but I've got this commitment that I want to keep because I want to put God first. And so I want to, I want to not have to practice on Wednesdays after five o'clock. 
because our practice is at 5.30 for the youth worship team. And the coach said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And she said, I'm sorry, I may not be able to play. And, he's, and here's, what, here's what they said. It's an incredible story. And I don't know if Wendy even remembers this, but it's an incredible story. <clears throat> this kid said, coach, what's the consequence for skipping out on practice? He says, well, you'll have to run the stairs of the gymnasium over and over again. I kid you not, every Thursday after practice, this kid would run up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down those stairs because she wasn't going to miss church. Is it any wonder that I tell you that this kid is still sold out and radical for Jesus? Is it any wonder that I tell you that God's taken care of her and her family and that she has a job now in Houston doing things that she never thought she would be able to do? Is it any wonder that I tell you that when I talked to her 87-year-old grandmother on Friday that she was talking about God and about things of God? Is it any wonder if I tell you that her brother also is very successful and is a strong believer? Is it any wonder? Where'd that start at? Can I tell you where it started at? Mom and dad. I want to tell you something. Just because your kid wants to do things doesn't necessarily mean that they need to do it. And just because they have the talent to do it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to make a priority over something that's not a priority to God. God is the one that gave your kid the talent to play the sport. And just like everything else that happens with the enemy, we take a talent that God has given us, a blessing he's given us, and when you run it out way too far, what happens is, is that it becomes something that's detrimental. It does. And don't go tell anybody today that Pastor Barry said we shouldn't do travel ball. I didn't say that. What I said is, is you can't make those things an idol to where during a season, three, four, five months out of the year, you're either doing practice or you're playing on the weekends. Can I tell you? And you know what it's for. You guys know why they do it. You know why you've done it, maybe. Here's why you do it. It's because you've stretched yourself so thin financially that you're trying to let your kid get a scholarship. Let's be honest. My brother did the same thing. We've talked about it. And you know what happened to my nephew when he was a senior in high school? He got burnt out and he didn't want to play anymore. My brother had high hopes for my, my nephew, but he got burned out because he had been doing it since he was five, six, seven years old. Oh, they've got great memories and great, great fun. But the truth of the matter is, is he got burned out. He didn't play anymore. He just stopped playing. But what happens is, is we, have, we put ourselves in these financial binds. And when we put ourselves in these financial binds, we end up wanting, we have to, it's almost like the thing, I want my kid to get a scholarship. Can I tell you something? If you took the money that you paid just for traveling to and from the games and put it in an investment account for your kid, you could pay for your kid's college and mine. You know how I know that? I talked to a dad one time and I said, how much are you guys paying for travel ball a year? Not counting fees to go into the tournaments. How much are you paying? He said 16000 16000 a year. I said, well, what are you hoping? Well, I hope they get a scholarship somewhere. I want to be honest with you about something. I've been doing student ministry for 25 years. 
Do you know how many Division I scholarships that I've seen? You guessed it. Zero. Zero. That's how many Division I scholarships I've seen. Now, I've seen academic scholarships, and I've seen leadership scholarships, and I've seen scholarships to Division Three schools to where they give you like half of it, and you have to pay the other half, which is somewhere around your first child. You know what I mean? At those schools, you know, those private schools say, oh, yeah, we want to give you a scholarship, and you sign, and you're all happy, and then you go back, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you're paying more than you would if you just went to school outright. We have to show our kids what's important. And our feet show our kids what's important. Our feet show our grandkids what is important. Well, that was point number one. Hope you all packed a lunch. Why is it so important? Because your family needs a break on Sundays. Your family needs a break on Sundays. I know this may sound crazy to you. God actually knows what he's talking about. And God knows that you do not need to go seven days a week, 24-7, full throttle. And I want to tell you something. There's always going to be things that try to pull you away from God. And you have to make it a priority. The best thing you can do on Sundays with your family is spend time together and for everybody to hit their bedroom and take about a two-hour nap. That's the best thing you can do. Some folks ready for the bed right now. That's the best thing you can do. But you have to be willing, and here's the next thing. This is what you have to do for your kids. You have to be willing to set boundaries for your kids. Your kids need you to set boundaries. They need you to set boundaries for them. They do. Your kids, listen, your kids want boundaries. Let me give you another word for boundaries. Your kids want discipline. Are you with me? They want discipline. And you're like, no, I really don't. Kids are like, no, I really don't. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They want discipline. They need to know where they stop and where you start. Are you with me? They need to know where they stop and where you start. We are raising kids today, you guys, that don't have boundaries. We are. We're raising kids today that walk around and they talk to their parents like, you know, they, like they run the place. And you know why they're talking to them like they run the place? Because they do. Because the parents have let them run the place. I heard someone tell me this, and I've shared this a million times. There's a lot worse things, you guys, than a mad kid. Okay? It's okay for your kid to be disappointed. It's okay for your kid to be angry. It's okay for your kid to be frustrated. It's okay. It's okay. But we're raising kids that don't know the boundaries. Listen, I know there's some of us that look on TV and they watch TV and they hear these kids on TV and they've got one, one girl had a sign around her neck that said 230,000. 
And she's talking about how she went to her dream school and she did this and she did that and this happened and that happened. And she says, I've got $230,000 in student loan debt and I got an underwater basket weaving degree from my dream school. You know what that kid never heard? No. That kid never heard no. There was never a boundary that was set. They were never told no, and they were told a fairy tale that everything is good and everything's going to be fine and money flows off money trees in the backyard and that you can go wherever you want to go and borrow as much as you want to borrow. And guess who they're asking to pay for it now? You and me. You know what would be better for the girl? What would be better for the girl is to go get a job and to start paying off the debt which she owed because there are consequences for our choices. And your children need to know that there are consequences for their choices. There are boundaries that need to be set with your kid. Can I tell you that we have parents that refuse to set boundaries and refuse to discipline their kids? When boundaries are broken, discipline is what is supposed to come. And I want to tell you something. You're not doing your kid any favor by not disciplining them. Proverbs 3.12 says this. It says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. The Lord corrects those he loves. And it's, I want you to hear that. And it's an assumption. It's an assumption for the Israelite people. And of course, because a father always corrects. The child and he who he delights in. Proverbs 29, 17 says this. It says, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Now, don't be setting up a schedule right now to go home and whoop your kid's tail. All right. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm, I'm talking about providing healthy boundaries for your kids so they'll know that when you cross that line, discipline will happen. And you're teaching them that not everything grows on trees. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now that no one else is going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you because I'm going to be your friend today. I really am. I'm going to be your friend today. Some of us have kids that drive other people crazy. We do. We have kids that drive other people crazy. And your friends aren't going to tell you, but your lack of discipline in your kids is one of the reasons why they don't want to be around you. And they don't want to hang out with you. I've been in situations where kids come into my house and they thought it was a romper room. Okay? They go to tearing up blinds and throwing pillows. And all of a sudden I did what a good pastor did. Get out! Get out! Either that or get a straitjacket, one or the other. We have kids that do not know where the boundaries are. I'm going to tell you something else your kids need. Your kids need a mom and dad. Your kids need a mom and a dad. Your kids don't need a friend. I want to say that again. Your kids need a mom and a dad. They don't need a friend. Now, eventually down the line, when your kids get older, probably when they start having their own kids, you may become a friend with your kid. But never forget this. You will always be a mom or a dad to your kids. 
My mom, who's probably watching right now, tells me all the time, Now, Barry, I'm your mother. Oh, Claudine, I know you're my mother. (laughs) She's going to like that one. When parents try to be their kids' friends and harsh decisions have to be made, there's a lot of confusion in the kids' lives. Let me tell you how often this will come out. Here's what will happen. You have a situation where you have a child-centered home. You have a child-centered home. Now, a child-centered home is where everything revolves around the kid. If the kid's upset, everybody's upset. If, if the kid won't sis, then everybody's got to stop what they're doing. Whatever the kid says, the kid does. Everything's about the kid. Kid, 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 kid. You can see all these on social media. It always amazes me that a husband and wife who committed their whole lives together, and on social media, all they want to do is post pictures of their kids. Why don't you post pictures of you and your wife? You and your husband? I'll tell you why. Child-centered home. Everything revolves around the kid. And so if the kid's upset, everybody's upset. If the kid's upset, then everything has to stop. But the truth of the matter is, is that's not how God planned it. He didn't plan it that way. But that's what happens a lot of times. And so what you see is is you see a disconnect between the husband and the wife because there's a kid-centered home. And the husband and wife are more disconnected. And after 18 years, they kind of forget who each other is. And so one of them need a friend. And most of the time, it's the oldest kid who becomes the friend. And they'll tell that oldest kid things that that oldest kid should not know about a husband and wife relationship. That they should not know about a mom or a dad. They'll tell the kid those things. And I'll tell you what you're doing to your kid when you do that. You're setting them up for failure. You're making them grow up quicker than they have the ability cognitively to do. They're not ready to hear those things. They're not ready to be your friend at 13 or 14 or 15 years old. They're not. They're not. Listen, you've had your life. I went to prom and I looked good in 1989. I look as good as I could look. I know everybody's thinking I didn't look good. I looked all right. I looked like that chihuahua with a bow tie on is what I looked like. (laughs) But listen, I had my prom. I had my years to play football. God has brought me to a new season now. But my kids, they are going to have their time as well. And the last thing I'm going to do is try to live my life through my kids. Where my kids' failure is my failure. Where my kids' success is my success. God's calling you to be a mom and dad. And God's also calling you to grow up and be an adult. And stop trying to live your life through your kids. That's too much pressure to put on your kids. It's too much pressure for you who may want your kid to be one thing, but your kid is something else. The scripture says, train up a child in the way they should go. I think we have that there. Train up a child in the way they should go. I'll give her a second. It's in Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 says, direct your child into the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. I want you to keep that up there if you would. Direct your child up to the right path. Another text says it like this. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart. Train up a child in the way they should go. Okay? I want you to hear this. Train up a child in the way they should go. Train up a child in the way they should go. It's not train up a child in the way that you think they should go. It's not that. It's train up a child in the way they should go. What's the scripture saying here? 
Here's what it's saying. It's saying that we are to train up our children in the ways of God. And then we are to trust God enough to let go of them and allow God to work in their life the same way he worked in yours and in mine. Train up a child in the way they should go. I was called to be a pastor when I was 19 years old. And I loved my dad. But my dad told me, you can't make a living being a pastor. You'll be broke your whole life. He was right, but still, I'm just kidding. And so I didn't do that. And for 14 or 15 years, I went all around, all around. And it wasn't until I was 34 years old. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I was 34 years old and my dad had passed away. There was a pull that he had over me because I didn't want to disappoint him. And so he projected onto me what he thought I should be. And he was trying to help me, but he wasn't helping me at all. Because God had called me to be a pastor. And part of me regrets those 14 or 15 years. I'm so thankful that I experienced those things. But part of me regrets that. The good thing, God doesn't take anything to waste. He just takes it all and uses my experiences. And that's a great thing. And he turns things around. But the truth of the matter is, is that some of us are trying to live through our kids. Listen, your kid may not be called to play football. Your kid may not be called to do music. Your kid may not be called to do track. Your kid may not be called to do baseball. Your kid may not be called, and I could go on and on and on. And I want to tell you something. God didn't didn't put you on earth and give you kids so that you can make them feel bad because they stink at a sport or they stink at something. One of the things that, that, that we have, that we've dealt with, listen, Wendy was an incredibly brilliant She's very smart. Wendy's very smart. She was great in school. I felt like C's got degrees. You with me? Amen? RJ and I. It was figure RJ because Miranda's brilliant like Wendy. And RJ and I are dumb as a bag of hammers. Anyway, so, but the truth of the matter is, is that I, it, it, that's something that we had to get past because we had two different value systems. Now, I want my son to do and my, my daughter to do the best they can do. Right? I do. But we had to look at that and say, hey, listen, God created them. And so we had to let them go and let them do what God had created them to do. Now, we can guide and direct them. But oftentimes what happens is, is that we put all this undue pressure on our kids. Hey, listen, your kids are 12, 13, 15, 16 years old. Think about how you were at 12, 13, 15, 16 years old. I was an idiot. I was. And all that pressure coming down because someone wants me to be good at something that I have no passion for. Someone wants me to be something. Your role is not to decide for your kid what they should be doing. Your role is is to guide them to God's word and let them experience God in real life. And God will then guide them. And listen, God can be trusted. He can be trusted. I've got two more points, but I'm going to end right there. God can be trusted. Your kids do not need another cell phone your kids do not, every kid went, uh, what? You see my phone, man. Your kids don't need another cell phone and they don't need more stuff and they don't need more money and they don't need, they don't need all that. You know what they need? 
They need for you to stand up and be a mom and dad. They need for you to love them unconditionally. They need you to set boundaries with them and not let them run the house. They need you to be a mom and dad. That's how family life in a Christian home is supposed to go. Where a mom and a dad stand up. And let me say something to you. Maybe you're a single parent. Can I tell you something? There's someone out there. There's someone out there that will fill that void. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a coach. I don't know. But they'll fill that void that your son or daughter has. Pray about it. Look for it. That's what your kid needs from their parents. That's what they need more than anything. They need for you to direct them to God and to trust God that he will speak to them and guide them in the same way that he did for you. That's what they need. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the word. Thank you so much for the word that you, uh, that you put on my heart, Lord. Thank you so much that, that the majority of this message was a, was a Holy Spirit-driven you and, and very little uh, of me. And I'm thankful for that because I would have screwed it up. Lord, I want to just, um, God, I want to just tell you I love you and I thank you. I thank you for, for the drive that, that my dad put in me and for the compassion my mom put in me. I'm thankful for the fact that, that even today that my mom supports me. She loves me and she uh, pours her life into me. Lord, I'm thankful for today that, that, um, that you know, e- even though there's, there's things that occur that we will always be a mom and dad and that our jobs aren't done just when our kids leave, but that we will support them, love them, guide them and direct them. But God, more than anything else, thank you that we can trust our kids with you. Thank you that you have our best interests at heart and that you watch over and protect us. We love you for that and we thank you for that. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song. If you need to hit the altar, that's totally fine. I'll tell you what, one of the best things you can do, one of the best things you can do for your kids is to make a strong, meaningful, and lifelong eternal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that, I invite you to come down and do that. I invite you to come down. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need to hit the altar and say, God, I have screwed up. I need to, I need to repent of that, and I want to do better. God's waiting on you and he's counting on you. You know why he is? Because he trusted you to be a mom and a dad. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then... God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.